SBS Radio. In this bulletin, Uluru statement leaders release ad campaign in support of First Nations Voice referendum. Cost of living, budget and independent commission against corruption back on the agenda as parliament returns. Italy on track to have its first female prime minister and most far-right leader since World War II. Statement campaign has released an advertisement to support its voice referendum campaign, History is Calling. The advertisement aims to inform the Australian public on how voting yes for a First Nations voice is a positive decision and will change history. Uluru Youth Dialogue co-chair Bridget Kama says the group is encouraging Australians to show their support for the Uluru Statement. She also says the process has taken 10 years, 10 reports and seven separate formal processes to get to this stage. The hope of the ad is to raise awareness, educate and encourage encourage conversations. So encouraging Australians to have conversations around the referendum and the voice. Um, we also really want to remind Australians that they're going to play a really, really important role in um, this, this moment in our shared history. Federal Indigenous Affairs Minister Linda Barney has emphasised enshrining a voice to Parliament in the Constitution will have a tangible impact on the lives of Indigenous people across the country. But she said the voice would not be consulted on every piece of legislation before the Federal Parliament, as some have raised concerns about a two-tier system. In an interview on Sky News, Ms. Bunny stressed that the voice would address two key issues, recognizing Australia's First Nations people as the longest continuous culture on the planet and improving the lives of Indigenous people. Uh, there is not equity in this country. Uh, whatever government's done in the past has not filled those gaps. And this is an opportunity, a nation-building opportunity for us to get things right. The Voice will be an advisory body to to the Parliament. Things like land rights legislation, things like native title, cultural water allocations, childcare. A New Zealand museum is returning Indigenous artefacts to Australia. Four objects from the Waramungu people will be returned from a New Zealand museum to country in the Northern Territory. Two boomerangs, a Nazi and an axe, were collected by well-known anthropologist Baldwin Spencer and telegraph operator James Field. The men collected more than 6,000 items from Central Australia in the early 1900s, which have since been dispersed around the world. The four objects, now in the Takamaki Paengaika Auckland War Memorial Museum, will be returned to the Waramangu people later this year. It follows 12 months of consultation with the museum about the cultural significance of the four objects. A delegation of Indigenous representatives will travel to Auckland later this year to collect the items in an official handover ceremony. Federal Parliament is resuming today after being put on pause due to the Queen's death with cost-of-living pressures at Federal ICAC and the budget set to be high on the agenda. Legislation to establish a federal independent commission against corruption is expected to be introduced to Parliament this week. 
Labour's budget is, st- is set to be handed down next month and the fuel exercise is set to come to an end on Wednesday night. Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers told Sky News he knows that change won't be easy on households but says relief is on the way. So what we're doing, whether it's childcare, whether it's cheaper TAFE fees, cheaper and cleaner uh, energy, cheaper medicines... Uh, a responsible increase to the minimum wage. All of these things together are about providing cost of living relief in a responsible way, in a measured way, which makes life a bit easier for people uh, without being counterproductive and forcing the Reserve Bank's hand. Prime Minister Antonio Albanese says the widespread Optus data breach should be a huge wake-up call for the corporate sector regarding data protection. It comes after the announcement of one of the largest data breaches in the country last week, which could have compromised the personal records of up to 10 million Australians. In a bid to better safeguard information, Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill is expected to propose new legislation that would allow big companies to inform banks of data breaches earlier. Details of the government proposal remain unknown, but Mr Albanese told Brisbane radio station 4BC it will aim at stopping sophisticated criminals who are trying to access people's data. We want to make sure as well that we change some of the, the privacy provisions there so that uh, if people are caught up like this, the banks can be let know uh, so that Uh, They can protect their customers as well, but this is a massive breach that has occurred. Prime Minister Antonio Albanese has travelled to Japan for the state funeral of Shinzo Abe, an event which is still attracting considerable considerable domestic opposition. The PM is is leading a delegation which includes other former leaders including John Howard, Tony Abbott and Malcolm Turnbull. Mr Abe was Japan's longest-serving Prime Minister and visited Australia five times during his tenure. But a recent newspaper poll indicated some 60% of respondents said Mr Abe was not worthy of the honour of a state funeral because of the high price tag and mounting evidence of links between his political party and the controversial unification charge. Giorgia Meloni is on track to become Italy's first female prime minister and its most far-right leader since World War II. Voting has closed in the country's elections and Ms Meloni has claimed leadership on the country's next election, next government with her opposition conceding defeat. Ms Meloni's Brothers of Italy party, which has neo-fascist roots, has never held office but looks set to form Italy's most far-right government since the fall of dictator Benito Mussolini. The 45-year-old says Italians have sent a clear message with their voices, their votes. You know better than me that data is not final, but it seems to me, from the first projections, that we got from Italians on this national election a clear indication, the clear indication for a centre-right government led by Brothers of Italy. Cleanup efforts are underway in Atlantic Canada, where hundreds of people remain without power following Hurricane Fiona. The post-tropical cyclone travelled from the Caribbean before battering Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, Newfoundland and Quebec with strong winds, rain and waves. The Premier of Nova Nova Scotia, Tim Houston, says the cleanup effort will be a huge undertaking. 
We know that the, the climate is, is changing for sure. Uh, we're seeing, you know, you look around the world, you're seeing fires, storms. Uh, certainly this is a historic storm um, for this province. There's no question about that. The damage is significant. But right now, the, the priority right now is getting power back to people, getting people a safe shelter, getting, you know, some, some return to normal. That will take time. Iran's president has warned authorities will deal decisively with the protesters as the death toll climbs to at least 41. The protests that began in Iran over a week ago have spread globally, with demonstrators condemning the death of a 22-year-old Kurdish woman who died in police custody last week. They are being met with a brutal crackdown by security forces, with some reports of ammunition being used. Men and women around the globe are flocking to the streets, including in Australia, Iraq, the United States and Germany. In Athens, many are shaving their hair in protest, like 33-year-old refugee from Tehran, Eli Fazloa. I'm cutting my hair because uh, many of uh, my sisters in Iran, they gonna die maybe tomorrow because of hijab and I don't want it and I hate it and I don't want to follow this terrorist and dictator regime and I'm here to support my people because they don't have voice, they don't have journalists to speak up about them. Back home, Star Entertainment Group's acting chief executive officer, Geoff Hogg, has resigned. It comes two weeks after an inquiry deemed the casino group was unfit to hold its New South Wales license. The company was given 14 days to plead its case for why it should be allowed to keep the state operating license. The exact date of of Mr. Hogg's departure is yet to be announced. And the Bureau of Meteorology is warning flooding is expected to continue in parts of New South Wales. A low trough moving across the state could prolong conditions, bringing with it widespread showers and thunderstorms. Water is is beginning to slowly recede in the town of Canada, and communities in Warren and Weewa in northern New South Wales are still cut off by flooding and could remain isolated for days. And in sport, Eliud Kipchoge has broken his own world record at the Berlin Marathon. The Kenyan athlete finished the race with a time of 2 hours, 1 minute and 9 seconds, which is 30 seconds faster than his timing in 2018. Speaking after the race, he said he still got more to give. I hope uh, future is still great. I was planning to go to it with a 60-50, 60-40. But all in all, my legs were running actually very fast. And I thought, uh, oh, let me just try to run two hours flat. But all in all, I'm happy with the performance. And now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome, a sunny day, 35 degrees, Perth, sunny, 23, Adelaide, showers, 17, Melbourne, showers, 16 degrees, Hobart, showers as well, 18, Albury, Wodonga, cloudy day, 13, Canberra, cloudy as well, 18 degrees, Wollongong, cloudy, 20, Sydney, cloudy, 21, Newcastle, cloudy, 22, Brisbane, a sunny day ahead, 26 degrees, Townsville, sunny, 29, Keynes, sunny, 31 degrees, Alice Springs, cloudy, Cloudy day 29, Darwin sunny 35, and the Torres Strait Islands partly cloudy day and a top of 32 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.